You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, you have to smell the text. When I was uh, with our vicars a few years back, helping them sort out how to write a sermon, this is what I would tell them. You're not ready to preach the gospel text until you can smell it. And it occurred to me this week that this is not only true for those who are preaching the text, but also for those who are hearing the preaching and who are reading the text. That we want to engage with the text of the Scriptures with everything that we've got. Now, you have no doubt noticed that the style of the Scriptures is much more compact and efficient than most writing that we read today. Even, uh, you know, the news, which is a compact and efficient style of writing, it's not as as efficient as the Scriptures. And maybe we shouldn't say the style of the Scriptures, but the styles of the Scripture, because there is, after all, the the history and the poetry and the text of the prophets. There's letters, and, and each of the prophets and each of the apostles even has his own style. But I think this is true of all of them that the Holy Spirit almost always writes with great efficiency. He only gives us what we need. But there's a danger in this, that without all of the background and without all of the adjectives and without the recounting of the internal dialogue and such and all the things that we're used to and the stuff that we read now, that the accounts of the Scriptures, we're tempted at least, to read them as dry or dull, where they don't catch our attention. Now, this, of course, is a problem not with the Scriptures, but with us, with our attention. And so here I'm going to offer some advice. Now, I can't point to a particular Scripture that commands us to do this. I think it is a matter of wisdom, but if you want to disagree with me at this point, that's fine. (laughs) But here it is. Because there is a way to tune in our ears to the Scripture's Word that is unique to the different ways that we listen to different readings today, we want to especially try and practice to engage the text of the Scriptures with our imagination. That's the advice. That as the words of the text, and especially the words of the Gospel, come through our ears, we want them to reach all the way down to our imagination where we can see what is happening in such a way that we remember that the people in the, in the gospel readings are real people. That Jesus was a real man with hands and feet and with a voice that you could recognize different than everyone else's voice. That the disciples of Jesus were real people with real personalities, all of them different that they had jobs and responsibilities and family, and that they listened to the news. and Some of them were better at singing than others. (laughs) That we remember that that the people that Jesus interacted with were real people with homes and debt and travel plans and different ideas about how to interpret the prophets. And some of them took care of their front yards and some of them didn't. (laughs) Some of them were waiting for their sons to return from war. Some of them were writing letters to their family in Rome. You see, all the complexity of being human, of living in this fallen world, 
of being an individual and trying to sort out what it means to be in a family and to be a good neighbor and a good citizen and a good member of the church and to try to make this world a better place in the things that we can do while we suffer with patience the things that we can't change. All all of these things that define us also defined the people of the Bible. They also had to cut their toenails. They had to go to the doctor and take their medicine. They had to wash their babies. They had to take care of their dying parents. They had to figure out how they were going to afford school for their kids. Sometimes for them it was hot and windy or cold with a light fog and raining. I was thinking about that this morning. I don't think that I've ever imagined Jesus doing a miracle in the rain or on a windy day. But why not? No doubt there was dust getting in their eyes all the time. Do you see, dear saints, Jesus was not a cartoon. And he didn't heal cartoon characters. And he didn't die on a cartoon cross. So when we hear the text of the Scriptures, we want to let our imagination, as much as we can, fill in the details of the text so that we can engage with the text of the Scripture as with a true history of true people. To remember that there was a backstory of what happened before the text and that more happened when the text finishes. We want to consider that the people that we meet in the Scriptures, every single one of them has a name, even if the Bible doesn't tell us what the name is, and a birthday, and a hometown, and an idea about the end of the world, and hopes for their family, and a favorite psalm, and different parts of their feet that would get sore when they walked. That these people had joy, and pain, and sorrow, and worry, and anger, and faith, fighting against despair, just like you. This, I think, is what it means to smell the text, to be in it, to see the dirt clinging to the feet, to hear the door as it opens or shuts, to smell the sacrifices being burned on the altar. And that's what we're after. Now, that's a long introduction, but I would like to suggest to you that this is the way that we should try to read the Scriptures. When we're reading it with our families or having our devotions, and especially when we come to church and hear the Scriptures read. Now, I know how easy it is to get distracted. You notice that it's hot in here. And then next week, you'll notice that it's cold in here. And then the week after, you'll notice that it feels just right. And that'll distract you, too. Or there's a person that you haven't seen in a while. Or where is that person that I haven't seen in a while? Or how is it that we've been using this hymnal since 1943 and pastor's able to pick a hymn that we've never sung before in our lives? Or whatever. And it's not just this, right? I mean, we know that the devil fights against us here. The devil fights against our giving attention to the Scriptures. And he fills our minds with all the things that we have to do or all the things that we're worried about or all the things that trouble us or anger us or whatever. But we are Christians. And we are set here in this life to fight against the devil. And one of the chief ways that we do that is by giving attention to God's Word, by meditating on it, by thinking of it, by treasuring it, by rejoicing in it, by imagining it. And when we imagine it, knowing that it is that the scriptures are also for us because once we get the picture in our imagination we want to be in the picture 
Martin Luther, he wrote a little, tiny little thing in 1521 called something like what to expect when we uh, read the Gospels. And he says just really quite beautifully that when we see Jesus coming to the, to the people in the Gospels to teach them or to bless them, that we consider how the same Jesus comes in the Scriptures to teach us and to bless us. To love us and to have mercy on us. And then, and then Luther goes on to say that as we receive Christ as a gift to us, then we also go and serve and bless our neighbor. So with this in mind, with the idea to hearing the text not only with our ears but also with our imaginations, we turn our attention to the gospel text. Jesus healing a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. I'll read it again. Let's see if we can smell it. Jesus departed from the borders of Tyre and Sidon and came to the Sea of Galilee, through the middle of the region of Decapolis. And they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. Now can you see him, this man who can't hear and can hardly speak? I mean, who, who lives in a world of silence? The man who no doubt knew that God spoke through the prophets, but he has never been able to hear what the prophet's voice sounds like. And can you see the concern of his family for him? This family that knows how much trouble and distress that he's in and now has heard that Jesus can work miracles and at last they have some little hope for him that he'll be able to talk or that they'll be able to talk to him and bless him and that he'll be able to hear it and that they can pray the Psalms together. So they bring this man to Jesus and Jesus does in fact have love and compassion for him and he's going to heal him but in one of the most unconventional ways that we have in the Scriptures. So here are a few verses, and these are great for our imagination. Are you ready? Jesus took him aside from the multitude privately and put his fingers into his ears. And he, Jesus, spat and then touched his tongue. And then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. Can you see it? Can you see the fingers of Jesus going into this man's ears? Can you hear Jesus spitting on his hand and then, and then grabbing his tongue? In fact, the, the Greek says that Jesus seized his tongue, however you do that. <laughs> and then the sigh of Jesus... This deep groan as he looks up into heaven. And then to hear the actual words that Jesus spoke, the original Aramaic, Ephaphatha. You, you see it? And then what happens? Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was released and he spoke clearly. So Jesus commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, so much more the widely they proclaimed it, they were astonished beyond measure, and they were all saying, He, Jesus, has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Now, can you imagine it? This is your Jesus who does all things well. 
And as we imagine Jesus bringing these blessings to this man, we imagine Jesus bringing them to us and our family as well. I mean, first, first, consider the joy of this man's family who, hoping beyond hope, bring him to Jesus as a last act of desperation as Jesus has wandered into this region, I don't wonder, just for this very purpose, and they bring this man to him hoping maybe that Jesus can do something, but knowing that no doctor or person that they'd ever brought him to has been able to help at all, and they bring him to Jesus, and Jesus takes him aside and heals him. Can you imagine the joy? This is the joy that Jesus has for us as we bring our family and our friends to him first in our prayers and then as we also invite them to church that we see that the Lord speaks to them and opens their ears and heals them and gives them all the gift of salvation. It's just absolutely stunning. But we see that we are not only in the text as those who bring this man to Jesus, but that we are in this text as this man himself. That we who have ears clogged up with sin and self-righteousness, he opens to hear his gospel. We who have tongues and mouths full of curses and complaining, he looses our tongue so that we would sing his praises and extol his gifts and that we would use his name to bless one another and serve one another. That we would pray and praise and give thanks and confess our faith and know that those who confess the Lord on earth are being confessed before the Father's throne in heaven. That the love that Jesus has for this blind man, for this, excuse me, for this deaf man with a speech impediment, Jesus also has for you. And he intends to bless you with this love and keep you with this love. Because his word, dear saints, not only opens ears, it also forgives sins. Your sins. And on the last day, the Lord Jesus with his word will also open your grave. (laughs) I don't know if you'll use the same word, ephaphatha, but whatever word he uses, you'll hear it. And you will stand before the Lord, clothed in his righteousness, grateful for his mercy, rejoicing in his forgiveness. So may God grant us his Holy Spirit, that we would not only hear his word, but that we would be found in his word, and his word found in us. That he would bless us with his gifts of eternal life, that his promises would find deep root in our own hearts and that we would believe them and trust them and trusting them find in them at last our joy and our peace and a life that has no end. May God grant it for Christ's sake. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. 
Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.